This podcast is brought to you by Gundog Outdoors and Dakota 283 Kennels. Hi, hunters. Thank you for tuning into the Flushman Dustin podcast brought to you by Nick and Tyler, the boys from Ringnecks and Retrievers. In this podcast, we will talk about guns, dogs, gear, and our successes and failures in the field through our combined 40 years of experience. We speak with hunters just like you from across the nation about their days in the field and the many memories they built with their friends and family. We are excited to have you listen. Now let's get to Flushing and Dustin. Hunters, welcome back to another Flushing and Dustin Power Hour. We are uh, going to be talking all dove hunting tonight. So uh, it's kicked off. What we're at the end of September now, and most places kicked off at the beginning of September. Uh, so we're going to talk about our 2021 dove season and uh, cover some questions that people have uh, reached out and whatnot so definitely tune in um if everybody wants to introduce himself that's on the call obviously this is tyler part of ringnecks and retrievers uh, but if everybody else on the call wants to introduce himself we can go around the horn yeah you got nick here also rnr so y'all know me and we, we got chris we'll go to chris next who's on actually our last podcast hey uh chris majet um Happy to be here again. So appreciate you guys having me. Nice. Joe, you want to introduce yourself again? <laughs> hey guys, it's Joe again. Um, again, novice dove hunter um, from Ontario, Canada. Nice. nice. Well, thanks for hopping on all the way up in Canada. What time is it up there? You guys in the uh, central eight, time zone? It's eight o'clock. Nice. So you're oh, about nice. an hour ahead of where we are. Awesome. So well, who's on Chris? You've gone dove hunting, Joe. You've gone dove hunting. Let's start yep. off. I us. have not. Nick has not. <laughs> Nick unfortunately has not. But uh, Chris, you want to talk about? Uh, for those of you that are gone? wondering, I would still shoot more doves than Tyler. Yes. No, you wouldn't. You've never shot it. <laughs> you miss. Whatever. All right, Chris. You want to tell us about your se- how your seasons? Yeah. Him breaking up, or is that me? Hold on, Chris. Do you want to start over? You're breaking up. Yeah, sorry, guys. Um, so season's been pretty good. Um, does that make it better? Yeah, that works. I can hear you now. Okay. Uh, opening day of season, I actually flew home from North Dakota. We can't hunt opening day until noon in Virginia. So noon to sunset. Um, so I flew home, landed at like 1.30, finally made it out to the dove field at 4.30 and limited out in two hours. So it was a pretty good day. Um, limited out the next weekend after that. Um, so yeah, it's been a good season. I mean, that's rare for me. Normally dove hunting is, you know, shoot five or six or so most fields, but, um, got on some cut corn. So it's kind of what you want to look for. So it's been a good season so far. Can't hear you, Tyler. Oops, my bad. Uh, that's crazy. You guys can't start till noon on opening day. Is there any reason? 
before that? I have no, I have no idea as far as reason. Um, every other day, it's half hour before sunrise. But opening day, for whatever reason, um, and I think if I'm correct, most states got to hunt what September first, right? Yeah. Yeah, we didn't get to hunt until that Saturday. Again, I don't, I don't, I mean, welcome to Virginia. <laughs> but, yeah, no yeah. kidding. That's weird. How many days are you making out this year? Um, five. So I limited out twice, shot maybe six or seven the next day, probably nine the day after that. And then went on a camping trip and just happened to bring my gun and my dog with me and, you know, happened to shoot a few while we were camping. So. Nice. decent decent season so only been out five times but good days how's the how's the boykin like uh retrieving those doves hey he, he you know he he does well um but i'm sure you guys know you know a lot of doves are hard especially on the younger dogs because those feathers come out and it, it bothers the dogs um plus a lot of times you know those those birds are just kind of they're so small especially with yeah. you guys that have chessies or a big old lab i think sometimes I mean, I've seen a chest. This was years ago. I saw a chest just straight up swallow a dove. Um, yeah. Freaking so, chessies. <laughs> yeah. The boy can does well with them, man. You know, Trevor likes them. Um, but I think, you know, I'm sure you guys have talked about it too. A lot of guys bring their young dogs out to a dove field opening day, and that can just do some damage to a dog. Oh, man. It's just so much. I mean, yeah. so much and shooting it, and birds yeah. dropping. And stuff. Yeah, it's definitely – something you don't want to bring a young dog out to unless they're they're ready to be out there and i think some people that jump the gun on doves just because i don't know if they're smaller or what it is but um yeah i've i've witnessed that as well and we uh we went out opening morning so september 1st here and my cousin and i <clears throat> we didn't get a ton of them um we only got five and it's we had a, a two cut cornfields um, within a hundred yards, hundred fifty yards of each other, and man, the doves were just like dropping in that other field. And we had uh, two spinners and I think eight uh, full body lucky duck decoys. And man, they didn't even, they didn't yeah. even give it a look like. We didn't have a single bird decoy on us. It was all just like, uh, all just flying right past us, going to that other field. And, um, I mean that they both were chopped the same day. Um, cause I right. witnessed them being chopped. So I was like, I, I don't know what that other field had that ours didn't. Um, but yeah, we drove, we literally drove by it afterwards after we picked up and there was, I bet, 20 to 25 just fat plump ones sitting on the power lines right over top of that field and i was like you gotta be fucking kidding me <laughs> Did you love like, the power line? <laughs> man i was like dude they were so fat too i thought they were pigeons at first they were so fat i was <laughs> were, you, they were. were you guys by the power line uh so we had yeah so the way that it was set up um is so we were hunting a field running east and west and then that other field um so there's we were hunting a field east and west and then there's a house that sits in between it and then on the other side of the field was 
or the other side of the house was at another east and west field, which is where they were. And there was power lines on that field. And then the road comes up past ours. And there was also power lines on ours. Uh, but they weren't okay. sitting on the power lines that were running north and south. They were sitting on the power lines that were running east and west, which is right over top of that field. So obviously yeah. that probably made a difference. But it, like I said, they didn't even – we had, like I said, the spinners, which usually help draw them in, did – it didn't they didn't even give it a look i mean they would we'd see them fly you know 60 yards away and never even turn it give us a glimpse so um yeah so it was a struggle but uh and then we went out on some public ground um on a sunflower patch which wasn't too bad we caught more doves flying through than we did really dropping in um again there was another chopped cornfield that when we packed up we got i think we got six or seven that day so it wasn't too bad of a day um but man we packed up we went down the road and i bet there was 100 to 150 of them in this freaking chopped <laughs> cornfield i'm like and we asked we asked how it always up, goes though it is and we asked this is this was probably the weirdest no that i've ever got um i've got a lot of no's in my days but uh we uh used onyx to find the hunter or not the hunter the farmer went and asked him and he's like oh that is that a chopped cornfield i'm like yeah and he's like man i'd i'd let you come on there and hunt but i'm scared of one of you guys just falling and getting stabbed by a corn stalk and then i'm i'm in trouble for it and i was like what if you typed up a waiver i know i was like i'm like i told him like you know you got nothing to worry about i'm like we can you know we can agree on he's like nope like i'm just i'm not gonna not gonna do it he's like i just don't want you guys to fall on the corn stalk and and stab yourself and i was i get it you know obviously he wants to protect himself but it was just an interesting no like i've never yeah, that's a new one for me. I've never you know, heard that one. That's not one that I've heard. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess if you hit the corn stalk right, you know, you maybe could injure yourself if you're not watching what you're doing. Uh, but, yeah, so that was interesting. Um, so, no, we weren't able to hunt that field. But, uh, Joe, have you gone out this year? I've been out twice this year. Um relatively unsuccessful my first go out lots of birds just i same as your story i just couldn't seem to get them to land where i wanted them to land um second time out i managed to put four and four in in the bag but um more because of luck than any sort of skill hey sometimes it's better to be lucky than good are you running are you running decoys up there I'm not, um, like I said, I'm just getting into it. So I don't, I don't have, uh, I don't have all the equipment I probably should. Um, so I'm just kind of walking again, cut cornfields and that, um, kind of putting them up uh, again, lucking out more than I am actually getting out there and really hunting them the way I should be. So are you, you have a dog, Joe? I don't actually, my, my retriever passed away not too long ago. Uh, Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Ah, that's all right, man. It happens. Um, yeah, he would have been a good dog, but uh, unfortunately, it's just me, me on my own. So, are you, are you walking fields then, or how are you hunting them? Yeah, I'm. I've been just basically walking fields and and putting them up. 
um, what I found that the first day I was out, they, they seemed to be sort of staying to the trees and I couldn't get them to drop into the corn at all. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I, I may have to change my tactics and, and get some decoys and, and try it proper. Yeah. Do they, does, uh, does Lucky Duck and Mojo, uh, outdoors, do they, they sell decoys up in Canada, don't they? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I figured they shipped up there. I just wasn't sure. Yeah, I got it. Um, I have two Lucky Duck uh, spinners, and then my cousin, he had a, a Mojo Dove decoy. And I mean, I think they're either one. I mean, I think they're both do what they're supposed to do. The thing that I like about the Lucky Duck one over the Mojo one is that the stakes are higher, so the spinner is higher up off the ground than what the mojo one is um so maybe it gives it more visibility i guess i don't know but i do kind of like that aspect with with the decoys is more better when it comes to dubs or how does that work chris you want to chime in on that since you have a little bit more of the waterfall background i I mean i've I've mixed feelings on dove decoys um because I've had days where they just dive bomb the mojos. And then I had other days, like you said, where they just completely ignored it, went somewhere else. Um, So I don't know if more, um, I have, I think three mojos and a couple of just regular decoys. Um, And I have one one of those, you know, metal, I guess, quote unquote trees. Yeah. Um, But typically what I'll do is I'll put one at the top a mojo at the top maybe one on the side then the dove decoys on the limbs yeah um and then the, another mojo lower to the ground um and I, i've seen some guys have good success with um the flock of flickers oh yeah I've... um because they can put those i mean obviously depend on the the height of whether it's corn or whatever they're hunting in but if it's a pretty low cut field um i think those are good because those doves just see the flash of white they can't really eyeball what it is <clears throat> Um, I know flock of flickers, some people have uh, mixed opinions because of their durability, but hell, if you're dove hunting, you're just putting them in a, <laughs> in a field, so yeah. you're going to get more time out of them. Um, yeah. But yeah, to answer your question, Joe, I, don't, I hate to say I don't know, and I don't have an answer for you, but I, I mean, don't go out there with a spread of like... But he doesn't know. <laughs> but I don't know, yeah. But don't, yeah. don't go out there with a spread of 20 mojos. I don't think that would be effective. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, you... I, like I watched some guys on on YouTube uh one of the guys that's kind of a I don't know if you guys know who Jordan's Harvest is he's a he loves dove hunting and I mean that he'll go out there sometimes with just a single spinner and three or four full bodies and no problem limiting out no problem having dubs in and the next time he's out he has you know three spinners and x amount of you know full bodies on the ground it's like you know, I, I guess it probably depends on the field. If you have, if you know the doves are using it, I mean, really all you need to do is put the spinner up just to get them to know kind of where you're at, you know, to get them within shooting yeah. range to land there. But I guess if you're trying to draw in passing birds, maybe you want, like you said, those flock of flickers or whatever they're called to uh, get their attention better, maybe. I don't know. Guess that's maybe how I can look at it. Uh, yeah, sense. I mean, like we don't see big flocks of doves. Like if you yeah, see, if you see a flock of 
honestly like 10 like, yeah. oh shit that's a big group coming in um so to that point yeah i wouldn't have a bunch of decoys out there because it just doesn't look as realistic yeah um i've found that i won't put the i used to put the doves pretty close to me um the decoy is pretty close and now i'll push them out farther or i'll push them out to either side of me um but i think also it has a lot to do with just you know just like duck hunting you, know, you got to be on the x and you got to be where they want to be yeah but how many yards? decoys out on the opposite side of a power line um i'll probably put them out right about 25 30 now okay maybe, maybe even 35 yeah and uh what a what shot size and choke are you using um so i'll either use a improved or typically modified um and then seven and a half okay are you shooting boss ammo are you what are you using these days whatever is the, the cheap stuff right <laughs> yeah i mean if you I mean, I can't remember the last, I mean, maybe two birds this year that I hit and feathers came out and they kept going, but very, very rarely. But I'm also not like some dude's opening day out there shooting 60 yard shot on a dove. Yeah. I'm shooting well within uh, 40 yards. So Sometimes you need to take a pop shot, right? <laughs> Nick, Nick loves the pop shots. But when, when, when everybody's done shooting its way out there, I usually just try to throw a shell at it. And then they're like, you missed. I'm like, no, yeah, I knew. I, I'm just... No, guys, it's still considered a miss because you no, shot at it. No, you shot yards. because you shot because you're like, I think Chris, I might be you still never, be able to hit this. Chris and Joe, have you guys never done a pop shot? Tell me you have. Just like, uh, you know, it's like that's too far, the, but you just gotta try to hit it. Yeah. yeah. You want you want me to be honest? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we've all taken a pot shot. Yeah. <laughs> See, Tyler. I didn't. I never said Tyler that. I haven't it. taken a pop shot. I take a pop shot every time. That's why I miss, right? I'm going to call it my miss is a pop shot from now on. So now I'll never miss it. Oh, that was a pop shot. Just giving it a warning. Just letting you guys know there's bird over here. Yeah, so we set a rule last year because I did like two pop shots and they kind of missed it. I was like, no, it doesn't count. I was, I was just like, I just knew it was too far, but I thought, what the hell? I'm going to launch a shell at it. And so they kind of as misses. So from now on, no pop shots. Otherwise, yeah. it's kind of as a miss in our group, I guess. And for every miss, <laughs> you owe the group beer. Yeah. That shit gets expensive. That's I why I don't say. shoot. Surely for you. <laughs> I know. That's why I stopped shooting. I was like, fuck it. I ain't shooting anymore. <laughs> Can't af- I can't afford the shells because they're so expensive, and then I can't afford shells <laughs> many more because I'm buying everybody beers. Goddamn. But so, Joe, what's what's the weather like up in Canada right now? Uh it's uh, kind of cool. It's um, I think today we were running about twenty-two or twenty-three degrees. Oh, oh we're at man. we're at Canada. Are you located? I'm in Ontario. Ontario. Yeah, okay. Beautiful. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm just on the I guess it would be the southeast shore of Lake Simcoe. Oh, nice, nice. So what uh, what else do you hunt up there? What you know? I know we're supposed to be talking about doves, but what else do you hunt up there? Where you? I hunt a lot of lot of waterfowl, uh, mainly geese. I'm not a big duck guy, but I I will take a few shots at them if I get a chance. Uh, couple, deer, couple pop shots, right? Couple pops. I, I try, yeah, I I, I, <laughs> I try not to take too many of those shots because uh, they do get expensive. Yes, um, damn right. 
I'm uh, I'm also a deer hunter, and I, I hunt black bear when I get time as well. Oh, oh yeah. black bear! Come on, you got any good black bear a, stories? Yeah, I was just gonna say, give us a good story. Uh, as far as black bears go, nothing too crazy. Um, How do you hunt? Yeah, them? pretty. What's up? How do you hunt them up there? Oh, uh, we bait them. Oh, nice. Yeah, do you, we bait do them you use a bow or? A, a uh, I, I've done both rifle and bow. Which do you oh, prefer? Yeah. Yeah, the last uh, the last bear I harvested, he was a dandy. He was about four hundred and fifty pounds. Nice. Yeah, he was uh, my best bear to date. So, yeah, a, a lot of fun. Do you have a bear cape or? A, a I do. I have. Uh, I have. Yeah, he was. Uh, he became a rug, so he's in my living room. Oh, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. Do you nice. uh, do you eat the bear or? We do. Yeah. What's that yeah, taste like? Like uh, pretty tasty. You know what it is? It's actually very tasty. I was I was pleasantly surprised the very first time I had bear. I was expecting it to taste kind of, I don't know, really, really gamey and, and not that appealing. Um, but if it's cooked right, it's really, really good. Huh. Really nice. good. Yeah. A few times I've had it, it's almost been sweet. Yeah, a little you, bit. I guess. I guess a little bit. Do you have it as like hamburger or we do uh yeah, we do bear burger. We get uh, we get a lot of sausage made. Okay. Um, and then we usually get our butcher just to sort of take the best, best cuts of, um, the best roasts and steaks kind of thing. And, and the rest just goes into burger and sausage. Interesting. That sounds pretty legit. And now your deer up there, they're white tail deer, right? We do have white tails up here. Yeah. Okay. What, what, what other type of deer do you have up there? Uh, in Ontario, just white tail. Okay. Uh, we've, okay. we've got mule, mule deer out West. <clears throat> yeah. And I think there might even be black tails out in BC. Um, but on, okay. in Ontario, it's just, um, it's just, uh, white tails. Nice. <laughs> so we, we haven't had you on a podcast yet, Joe, you got to give us a couple good Canada stories from your hunting days. A couple good Canada stories. What kind of Canada stories you want to hear? I mean, whatever you it think, doesn't matter. Us, whatever you think yeah. we want to hear. Oh, I don't know, man. It's, uh, it's open book, man. Whatever you think. I don't know. I don't. I. I don't want to get myself into any trouble. Well, do you want to go to a strip club and pass out, something like that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that may or may not have happened. I, I don't think I'm going to admit well, any of that. That's my on, story. Twenty first <laughs> <laughs> birthday. We were uh, actually speaking of strip clubs and that. We were. Uh, I, I was a member at a deer camp, and we were having some some pretty bad luck. We had hunted for the week. We were way up north, and we'd hunted. All week hadn't seen a deer. We decided Thursday we were going to go into into town and and go to the bar and have a few beers and watch the girls dance and that. And it uh, it just happened that Thursday at the bar was uh, bathtub night, <laughs> which worked out great because uh, we hadn't had a shower all week. So um, needless to say, we ended up in a little uh, blow up kiddie pool on stage <laughs> with a few girls and and we had our we had our weekly shower uh, oh, at the bar. Yeah, so not <laughs> nice. not not the prettiest sight to see. I mean, I'm, I'm six, two and I'm, you know, 300 pounds and, um, you know, I got a great big long beard and everything. I'm, I'm kind of your stereotypical Canadian lumberjack looking guy. So not the prettiest to see in his skivvies in a bath, in a, in a bathtub at a strip bar. <laughs> that's, oh, that's awesome. Funny. Oh man. So you, you said you were, you uh, do a lot of waterfowl hunting uh yeah um i got into waterfowl hunting actually just recently maybe three or four years ago yeah um and it's just become an absolute obsession so nice yeah. you, uh, are you planning on getting a 
another retriever to train or uh i'm i'm hoping to yep i'm i'm in the process of buying a new house so once okay. i'm settled in then yeah it's definitely time for a new retriever you own nice. some land up there or public land what's you got private I, um, how do you do it I, I have permission on um, some private properties. Nice. Um, yeah, so some, they're all farms, obviously. Uh, so I, I do a lot of uh, waterfowl hunting in, in cut cornfields, bean fields, um, some hay fields, believe it or not. Oh, nice. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't do much public land hunting here. Uh, I try to stay to the, to the, to the private stuff. Yep. Yeah, don't blame yep. you there. So it's 22 degrees up there right now. Yeah. Man, it was freaking 90 degrees here today. Okay. <laughs> That's Ridiculous. nuts. Jesus. Chris, yeah. what Chris, what are you have you started your hunting trip for the month? No, we'll um we'll pack up uh Sunday and hit the road early Monday morning for Michigan for a few days of work and then we'll head west to North Dakota. Nice. And that nice. is North Dakota just for ducks? Uh it'll be about ducks and geese. I don't know, a week, week and a half for ducks and geese, and then another week or so for pheasant, and then uh, heading from there to Wisconsin for grouse and woodcock, and then home. Heck yeah. So you just so save all your vacation for for this, just like this week, or the next week, I guess, next few no, weeks? No, yes and no. So um, I left this company a couple of years ago, and when I came back, um, it was generally agreed upon uh, – let me work so we get paid daily rate so if i'm traveling i'm making money um and it was agreed upon that during hunting season let me get as many days off as i want i won't get paid as much but let me go hunt uh man what is this company so yeah basically from, <laughs> <laughs> so Jeez. from september 1st to about january 31st or january 30th whatever um i work two weeks out of the month and then i hunt the other two weeks are you hiring? Um, yeah, yeah, we definitely are, guys. <laughs> Man, no doubt. What send, is, us what? Some, send us some info. Yeah, gee. Oh. <laughs> Man, that's crazy. Yeah, that's I mean, awesome, though. That's a good out. gig. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm never home during the off-season, so yeah. um, I'm traveling for work just about every day. But, you know, I get my hunting trips in, so that's all I care about. So it works yeah. out. For sure. That's <laughs> yeah. crazy. Oh, I just got to work two weeks and two weeks off. Oh, wow. That's right. That's right. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Joe, do you have a housewife over there? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, well, I don't, I don't have one of those. So I don't have that issue. Yeah, I yeah. yeah that's right. Uh, Joe, do you have any other dove questions that you thought of when we were talking about it? I was actually going to ask does, does wind play a factor? in hunting doves like it does waterfowl oh i i think in all hunting aspects winds wind somehow plays a role in all hunts um i don't know if it has as big of factor of they're gonna land into the wind like they do with waterfowl i don't know if it's as big of impact but i would imagine you know, like you obviously want to set up, especially deep, you know, if it's a stronger wind set up for, you know, where they're going to have a zone to land into and whatnot. But um, as far as as big of impact as what waterfall has, I guess when I've gone dove hunting 
Um, I, I kind of always set up with the wind blowing from my back out past me. Um, just so I guess I would say yes. Um, but I don't know if it has as big of impact as what it does waterfall hunting. Chris, do you have any insight on that? Oh, no, I mean, I would agree with you. I think, um, I mean, I, I remember years ago when I was in shit, actually, I was probably in like middle school, actually. Um, we had the early hurricane coming through, um, and dad and I still decided that we would go dove hunt in it. Um, and the bird would come, you know, against the wind and it's not moving at all. And then he'd turn with the wind and go past you like 120 miles an hour. Um, but as a general rule of thumb, yeah, I don't think doves have to land into the wind. Um, so I would, to answer your question simply, I'd say, no, it doesn't play that much of a factor. Not like probably what you're used to as far as ducks. I think the biggest factor for dove is A, a power line or B, a dead tree. You know, they want to land in those yeah. dead trees and post up there and just look around. Um, another thing I've noticed too is if you're watching the field and a couple of doves will typically take the same flight pattern and same flight line, you get right within that flight line. Like for whatever reason, if there's a specific gap in a tree line that a lot of doves are flying through, most of them are going to take that. I don't know why or what the reasoning is, but they're going to take that same flight pattern. Um, obviously, if you're hunting private land, go hunt by the silos, the grain silos. They'll hang around there all the time. But yeah, if you can find a big old dead tree, it's got some bare branches. They love going and sitting in those. Yeah. Or even like the in the afternoon go find a watering hole i think that's that's a huge that's a huge draw for them too so i mean in the mornings yeah definitely where they're feeding and you know power lines and trees because they're all just kind of hanging out and then i would say in your early afternoon um go find where they could be drinking water at you know an old cattle pond or um something of that nature so I know, uh, Chris, I think you know him, and obviously Nick, uh, Edgar, the hunt, hunt birds. Yeah. Uh, that was one of yeah, his yeah. big tips when I was uh, talking to him back and forth about duff hunt. That was one of his big things. He said, try to find a, a cattle, like watering hole or like a, just a, a cattle trough somewhere out in the, out in a pasture um, that has power lines around it. He said that'll be a big draw for doves. Yeah, the other thing too is, um, you know, if you can find, like I said, water, obviously food, somewhere to, you know, perch up, and then, you know, if they can find gravel, mm-hmm. you know, to get, I mean, we, I remember when I was real young, my dad and I used to hunt near a quarry, and all the doves would come in there and get those, the gravel um, after they'd eaten um, and did pretty well. But yeah, if you can find water, food, and a power line or, or a dead tree, then you're in business. Yeah. Yeah, for sure so yeah well i was planning on more people showing up tonight but i think everybody kind of had some stuff come up um you guys got any big things otherwise you want to touch on while we're while we're on otherwise we'll probably cut it a little shorter than we normally do what 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 are you guys shooting for doves um well, I'm using a full choke because usually I don't hit them on the well, first one. <laughs> ah, I know. I just usually I usually don't switch chokes. I just I keep them the same throughout season. But 
I always figure God, I always miss the first one, so they're a little farther out on the second one. Um, so See, yeah. he already fucking knows or thinks he's going to miss the first one other than just going in <laughs> and his, having confidence that you're going to well, fucking hit it. Like, oh, I'm going to miss. So, I mean, just like they say in life, you think you're going to fucking lose, you're going to lose. <laughs> well, those little fuckers are hard to hit. It's funny well, because... But pheasants are like this big and you still I miss can, them, so... I can hit a quail for some reason, but I can never hit fucking pheasant or a dove. I don't know why. It's just the way it is. All right. Well, with the doves, is it because you're watching the dove and you're thinking about it too much? Yeah, and I'm probably, and it's like a damn knuckleball Chris, when you're trying to hit he's, it. He's in his head constantly. The second he gets a gun out, he's Dude, like, I'm, oh, God. <laughs> I'm just trying to get more excuses for later in the season. Yeah, Man, you know, you, like, you put a handgun in my hand and I'm super good. Like, right on, but <laughs> fuck. When it comes yeah, that to, target's not moving. No, dude. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, that just comes from my other background, but um, since we had a lot of handgun shooting, but I don't know what it is. Like there'll be, I'll go like a couple, couple hunts and be dead on, and then all of a sudden I can't fucking hit anything. Uh, it's the weirdest of things. I, I think it's confidence. Part of me, it's so, definitely confidence. I hundred percent agree. That's so one thing that I thought of too and i'm probably gonna not use so last year i used uh for my gopro i used a clip on the front of my hat and weighing his head down huh no not weighing my head down but the bottom of the the bottom of the clip was always in my eyesight whenever i lined the gun up so i was like well maybe i'll go back to the head strap this year and see if that makes a difference but uh, you know what? I think the best thing you did was buy a actual left-handed gun. So when you're shooting, the shell's not crossing right in front of your face. You know, I've never shot a left-handed gun. I'm left-handed. I've never shot a left-handed gun. Do you um, have the safety switched? I did switch the safety. So for, you know, for years, you, you know, we'd be sea duck hunting out of the boat blind. And, you know, I'd take the first shot and then safety would get turned on on my second shot. And my buddy was giving me hell for it. And, um, yeah, finally I switched the safety round on my A5. Um, oh, you can do it on the A5s. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, if I can do it, anybody can do it. I'm. You don't have to buy any like special kit for it. Nope, I just watched YouTube. Oh videos shit! I should do that on my second. Sweet Sixteen that I have. Yeah, uh, so you can flip it, but I've never, I've never seen the shell. The only thing I ever, you know, get messed with is when I'm hunting with my buddies and they're all flicking their shells and hit me in the head while I'm trying to shoot. Um, but yeah, I would, I would definitely flip the safety because I know sometimes before I flipped it, when I would go to shoot, I already had it in my mind. I have to hit this shot because I don't have the second one ready. Yeah. That makes sense. So that could be in the back of your head too. Yep. Yeah. Cause it's, or just, I mean, it could be just me though, giving man. him a shit that he's just, he just is. <laughs> I got focused. I got focused too much. Nick fucking He'll, dogs he on the, me all day. He's gonna put those earbud fucking deals yeah, in. Yeah, I'm gonna fucking hear me. I'm putting a, a switch in there that says turn Nick Shut off and I can't fucking hear Nick's voice. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna do. Yeah, but I'll still be making gestures. <laughs> well, <laughs> at least I've never forgot to load my gun. I still got that one on you. You do got that one on me. You're shooting you full dove those things? At doves? Yeah. Yeah, I just never 
Damn, I've never changed changed my choke. I just use full. Well, he just gets one little leg of meat, just eats it there in the field. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I should probably switch to like a modified or yeah, like improved cylinder or something. So I bought myself a um, you know, a Stevens five 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 this year. You know, yeah, something I can beat up for upland hunting, and it's cheap. Well, yep. cheaper than most over hunters. Um, yeah, I just put uh improved in one and, and modified the other because i figure if i'm hunting upland i'm not taking as long a shots typically so yeah i mean it's done well on dove so far yeah i should probably think about that next time i go out but i don't know i've i like i said i just like when i shoot when i shoot skeet when i take it out to pattern it i just always shoot full i just never changed it um so probably would be something to think about just to give my pattern a little more spread at those little devils. That's the thing, yeah. Every, it doesn't take everything. I shoot modified usually, and I just shoot it all year round. Dude. I don't ever change it. So I've ridden um, late season, early season. Doesn't matter. Yeah, I used to shoot full at ducks and geese. Um, now we don't do a lot of geese goose hunting, but I, I used to shoot full at uh, ducks. But then I read in some article that shooting steel modified is the same as shooting like an old lead full i don't know if that's how accurate that is but it's so i think i think so i think it is steep yeah so lead full is the same as steel modified yeah yeah yes yes Um, that is correct and i know i've you know i've tried to shoot sea ducks that were and if i had my full choke in i don't remember what constriction i had have but dude the whole load was just blown out if it was full so i switched to modified i've not had any issues with it. so if you're it's shooting better. non-tox it yeah hot, would would modified be full on that then as well with like yeah that's what i've read oh uh, i don't so know not, about with balls i know steel yeah steel i know, I know like, but non-tox is that considered like as hard as steel or is it soft uh i guess yeah, is bismuth as soft as hard as steel? I don't. I guess I. I don't know. I think so. Yeah. I think it's soft like lead is, isn't it? I, I think bismuth, I thought. bismuth is like lead. It's it's a little softer than steel. Okay. So yeah, then, yeah. So I should modify it then with boss. Contacted. Demo. Yeah, because boss was like, well, they said put in a tighter restriction because they the ammo likes it more. So I was like, well, I'll just leave full in because that's what I was using. I don't freaking know. I'll have to take it out out this year and check. But, I mean, I'm only using five shot for pheasant, so it shouldn't be good enough. I used a seven shot on quail, and I hit one at like 40-something yards. And we need to do, we need right do down. Some, we need to do some brain games with Tyler, some confidence games, like start off with him rolling a ball <laughs> into a cup. And he gets it. Then we can move on to something a little tougher. <laughs> you know, before I run Traveler in any hunt test, I give him some easy bumpers that I know he can go pick up real quick and you know oh, make sure his mind's right. So maybe we need to throw a disc or a, a clay for Tyler, and he can hit that. And then yeah. you know, he'll be all right. Well, we'll just we'll just lob a, a frisbee up. 
There you yeah, go. There you a go. big ass frisbee. <laughs> Sounds like they're busting your balls, Tyler. Man, it's every. Have you listened to any of our other podcasts? It's every. Podcast. I have, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Joe, what are you shooting? What's what's, shoot... Canada, what's Canada like up there? It's what do you guys? What's your main weapon up there? Uh, I'm using the modified choke in my Winchester SX4. Oh, SX4. Mm. So, have you when you first got that? Did you have problems? Uh, per se hitting birds at all you know what when i first started shooting that gun um the first time i took it out i went out for geese and i had um i had a pattern master uh code black in it which is um i guess a super full or extra full mm-hmm. and i was having a hell of a time um trying to get on the birds and actually hitting birds i've gone to the modified and i've had no issues since huh because when i had mine had we had 20 gauge sx4 yep i'm normally a pretty good shot and i can't hit fucking nothing with that gun really <laughs> and it then i went back me uh i went back um got rid well i didn't get rid of it i actually still have it but i went i went back to my truck threw it in the case said fuck it went out grabbed my 12 gauge and literally just when i come around the next corner and a uh, whole uh covey of quail get up and i shot three of them as they all got up right there with my 12 gauge <laughs> nice we got them and i was like fucking gun because i was shooting at fe- there's three three roosters i missed with that 20 gauge oh, and shit. i and then uh missed like all year i couldn't hit anything with it so then i just switched and then i was fine i don't know what the deal is with it man yeah, that's one weird. of our one of our yeah. buddies has one too and he said he was struggling to hit with it too so he patterned it uh and he said his shot like extremely high so he has to aim a little bit below the bird like an inch or so and now he's okay. having no problem so i don't know i don't know i don't know he's it is a, nice a great gun, it's though. a great gun i mean i love i loved how it cycled and fell yeah. and i just couldn't hit nothing with it yep that's uh no thankfully i, I it's uh it shoulders well for me and and so far um hopefully i haven't jinxed myself here but um it seems to be shooting pretty decent yeah my nice. go-to is my my browning maxis that's nice. my tried that's my tried and true right there yeah, nice yeah yeah but and then have the sweet 16 too uh browning sweet 16 i love that gun but uh just with shells and everything now it's like well fuck i got a bunch of 12 gauge so i'm just gonna stick with that this year <laughs> i hear you yeah i hear you yeah, how's the how's the shell situation up in Canada, Joe? Same as down here. Same as down there. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. It's uh, hard to get, and what you can get is is uh, kind of getting pretty pricey. So. Yeah, I I'm on the, I keep signing up for the wait list on, on Boss shot shells just to try to get some two and three quarter fives for the year, and no joke, the past, geez, what was it? The past three times, I think Nick Brian. <laughs> yeah. I've got the email. We're going to split a case. So, yeah, I get the email and literally within like five minutes, they're sold out. It's like freaking, hey, man. It's like you got to almost just be on, like, buy them the second the email comes out. But you can you put them in your cart and then once it pops up, just hit boom, done. Like, have it in your cart. I don't know. Just, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's tough. Just like no matter where you go, it seems like everything's kind of sold out, and obviously everybody's feeling the same pressure. And 
whatnot to get the shells. But yeah, we'll be feeling pressure if they do this stupid ass mileage tax shit. <laughs> oh, yeah, God, yeah. Suck. what's that? <laughs> yeah, that's gonna suck horribly. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. But well, guys, we appreciate you coming on tonight for the power hour. Yes. Um, it was thank, actually thank really you. fun. Uh, yeah. we, I was glad we covered a lot of the good dove stuff. Obviously, Joe, if you have any more questions, feel free to drop us some messages and we'll see what we can figure out for you. But we'll do, man. Thanks. Uh, I appreciate it. I, I picked up a lot of good, good info tonight. So I, uh, I really do appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for coming on from Canada. We definitely, definitely appreciate that. Yeah. Um, don't worry. So Chris, again, thank you for dropping in and being a part of it and, uh, best yep, luck to your upcoming weeks. Um, We'll look forward to following along. If you go through Iowa way. and it's a dark night, you're pulling over to a hotel, let me know. And if you're in Des Moines, yeah. I'll buy you a beer. Yeah. I, well, like I said, I might go crash at uh, Ryan's house for a few days in between the two trips. So, um, yeah, let, let me there, know. I'll let you guys know. Yeah, awesome. For sure. So, all right. Well, all right. Everyone Sounds have a good, good night. Man. Yep. Thanks, Bye. guys. All right. See Cheers. You. Take care. Bye. Bye.